watch the video. Watch the video. And subscribe. And subscribe. <laughs> All right, guys, let's continue with our study in the book of Genesis. We are continuing in chapter seven. But of course, we want to do a quick review of what was going on in chapter six. And basically, because of all of the wickedness of mankind. And as we said in the first part of Genesis six, one through four, because of that intermingling of the angels and humanity creating this hybrid of a species resulting in great wickedness throughout all of the earth. God determined to destroy all life on the earth. And so therefore he saw this particular man that is Noah. Noah found grace, favor in the sight of the Lord. And Noah was righteous among all the inhabitants of the earth in his time, as well as Noah and his family were clean, that is, they were uncorrupted from that uh, cohabitation of angels and humanity. They were uncorrupted from all of this perversiveness and this wickedness in the earth. Nevertheless, so God commanded Noah to build an ark for the saving of his life and the lives of his family members, along with certain the species of the animal kingdom. All right. So now let's go into chapter seven, where we are today. What we're going to talk about after Noah was commanded to build that ark. It is time for the waters of the flood. Verse one. Then the Lord said to Noah, enter the ark, you and all your household, for you alone have I seen to be righteous before me in this time. You shall take with you of every clean animal by sevens, a male and his female, and of the animals that are not clean, two, a male and his females, also of the birds of the sky, by sevens, male and female, to keep offspring alive on the face of all the earth. For after seven days, seven more days, I will send rain on the earth, forty days and forty nights. And I will blot out from the face of the land every living thing that I have made. Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. All right. Now, let's talk about it. As we move through, we've already discussed that the ark has been made. Now that the ark has been made, God commands Noah to enter into the ark. Now, another thing that's interesting in verse number one. It says, enter the ark for you and all your household, for you alone. Now, notice that alone is italicized. And the reason it is italicized because what the text actually says, the you is not plural. In other words, it was not Noah as well as his family. His family could have been, probably with the exception of Ham. His family could have been righteous. But the text literally says that only Noah was righteous in the sight of God, not his whole family, just Noah. And therefore, Noah's family benefited because of his righteousness and for the procreation of the species and also because they were not enveloped in all of this wickedness. And they were, as we told you guys earlier, uncorrupted 
uncorrupted from all of this commingling of angelic with humanity. Then we also see, uh, contrary to popular way things have been given today, the animals did not go in simply two by two. Two by two simply meant a male with his female counterpart. But the animals went in, cleaned the animals by pairs of seven, and unclean animals in pairs simply of two, two by two. That is a male and the female. But the clean animals went in by seven pairs. That is 14 pairs, 14. Seven male, seven female went in, okay, of the clean. Now, let me take a little small break here. It is interesting that we see a notation here that there is a distinction in the animal kingdom as clean and unclean. Now we know, now here's what you got to understand guys. The usual concept, the identity concept of that something that's clean and something that's unclean usually thought of under the Mosaic law. That is with references to animals that could, and you had, you had two, two the understanding is two, in the sense of two things, clean and unclean, clean animals or animals that would be allowed to be sacrificed. So these animals would be considered clean animals, unclean animals, animals that would not be prohibited, that would be prohibited from being sacrificed. That's one class idea. Also the second idea, we'll see that later on in the Mosaic law, and notice what I'm saying, guys, in the Mosaic law, animals which were permitted to be eaten, class clean animals, animals which were prohibited from being eaten, unclean animals. So the animals that could be sacrificed, a class would be clean, permitted, one that could not be sacrificed, unclean. Animals that could be eaten, clean, that could not be eaten, unclean. But now the point that I'm trying to bring to you guys is this. All of this was clearly established in the law of Moses. What you have to understand is we are hundreds of years before Moses was ever born. So therefore what is happening here is happening when there is no law of Moses. So the point that I'm trying to bring to you guys is this. There had to be a rudimentary, some sort of a basic understanding of a system of worship that mankind had before the law of Moses. And why do I say this? It's because even here we see there is a distinction in the animals that are being made. Notice clean and unclean even though there is no Mosaic law, which means that they understood even from the time of Adam. And notice we even talked about that sacrifice of Abel, Abel. So no doubt when Abel brought of the firstlings of his flock, guess what he brought from? Not the unclean, there was a distinction. He knew, he knew that there were certain animals permissive, permissible, for sacrifice and certain animals that were not permissible. That is the clean animal. So that's the, so the point I'm simply trying to say is this, it is an amazing concept. When we think about 
that even in the time before Moses, they understood the distinction between clean and unclean. And I think here the driving thought is with respect to sacrifices, animals that are intended to be sacrificed because you got to remember, why do I say this is the distinction at this time? Because at now, at this point where we are, Genesis chapter seven, there is no eating of animals at this time. Man is a omnivore. He's a vegetarian. Man can only eat the plant. It is not until after the flood event, after the flood event, that man is allowed to eat meat. Okay. Only after then. So even now with the distinction being clean and unclean, it has to only be a reference now to animals that are to be sacrificed. Okay. But anyway, let's go on. Nevertheless, so the seven animals from clean, seven pairs, that is, guys, clean and of the two, unclean will come to Noah on the ark. All right. And also the birds of the sky would come in pairs of the seven, all of whatever makes them the different species of the birds of the sky. And then God lets him know we're in verse number four now, where he says that notice Noah went into the ark seven days, he and all of the animals with him, seven days before the rain began to fall. God says, for after seven more days that I will command the rain to come upon the earth. And God tells him the duration of the raining, the duration of the raining will be 40 days and 40 nights. And this will all be designed in order to destroy all life on the earth. Okay. Verse number five simply illustrates for us once again, Noah's obedience. He did all that the Lord had commanded him to do. Verse six. Now Noah was 600 years old when the flood, flood of water came upon the earth. And once again, we're reiterating that part. Noah's age, 600 years of age. Then Noah and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him entered the ark because of the water of the flood of clean animals and animals that are not clean and birds and everything that creeps on the ground. There went into the ark to Noah by twos, male and female, as God commanded Noah. So now let's just stop right here. So we get, we look at Noah's age. He was what, 600 years old. Another reiteration. Now notice one thing again, guys. Sometimes, let, let me show you something. Look in the text. It seems that in the first five verses or so that God has already told Noah, go into the ark. Then we get to verse number seven, six gives his age. Verse number seven, it says Noah entered the ark. It seemed, well, didn't Noah already go into the ark, you know, seven days ago? Notice what we see is a reiteration, reiteration of the story and is telling different facets, different sides of the story. And the reason why I'm stopping here is this. When you look at Genesis chapter one, that's starting at verse number three, starting at verse number three, all the way up to Genesis two and three, all the way up to there. It talks about the creation of the world. And this is the recreation after the destruction of the first perfect earth. That's why I say one through three to two and three. All right. All of that encompasses that recreation of the world 
for the Adamite crew, for, for God making the world for man's occupation of the land. Okay. Then you get to Genesis chapter two and verse, chapter, verse number four. And we look at that particular section and note, we're not talking about another creation. What we're doing is we're talking about the same creation and we're simply emphasizing what we're looking in detail or from another perspective. We're looking at the creation from the perspective of how God made the man. So notice my point is this. In Hebrew, sometimes the same story will be retold again and sometimes even again, but it'll have a slightly different perspective. And that's why you can tell that in chapter one, when it talks about the creation and then it gets to chapter two and talks about the creation of man, it's not two creations. It's the same, that same creation is the same one, but it's simply talking about from the perspective of we're looking at the creation of man himself. We're just looking closer at that particular event. So notice when we go into Genesis chapter seven, as we are here today, we can see that particular idea is coming about. It talks about God is getting ready to destroy the place. Then, okay, then fine. Then we get it and say the same thing almost all over again. And that's basically what verse number seven is doing. Noah, I thought Noah's already in the ark. Well, he is it's just kind of reiterating it, saying the same thing again. He enters the ark because of the flood. And then it tells you once again, he took the clean animals with him and it tells you he took also the unclean animals with him because why? Once again, he reiterates in seven days, God is going to bring the waters of the flood to destroy the world. So you understand the principle, how is a Hebrew device, literary device, sometimes to reiterate the same event story from a different perspective or more than once. And you'll see that once more, even in this text, but let's continue. Now that we see that it came about after the seven days, that the water of the flood came upon the earth. All right, 11. So in other words, Noah, after seven days, after he went into the ark, after he went into the ark, God shut the door to the ark and the waters came. It began to rain. And remember guys, this was the first time that it had ever rained. Okay, 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on the same day, all the fountains of the great deep burst open and the floodgates of the sky were open. The rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day, Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark, they and every beast after his kind, all the cattle after their kind, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth after its kind, and every bird after its kind, all sorts of bird. So they went into the ark to Noah by twos of all flesh in which was the breath of life. Those that entered, notice, no, you see the same thing being re-entered, Keeps telling us they went into the ark. This is the third iteration of telling that story that they went into the ark. But I'm continuing to read 16. Those that entered male and female of all flesh entered as God had commanded him 
and the Lord closed it behind him. So let's talk about it just a little. Let's talk about a few things. So we know it was after seven days. Noah went into the ark. After the seventh day, that's when it started to rain. Then notice verse 11 kind of like rewinds the story and tells us all over again. Now it begins to give us the exact date in which it began to rain. It was the 600th year of Noah's life in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month. Now, here's what I want you to also see what verse 11 says. The fountains of the great deep burst open and the floodgates of the sky were open. You have to remember. OK, it takes us all the way back into Genesis. You remember after God said, let there be light. And then God said, let there be an expanse in the heavens where the waters in the heavens above would be separated from the waters that were on the earth beneath. So God, so the waters in the heavens above, which would make the clouds, this is what helps give us rain and stuff like that. And the waters from the earth beneath these great ocean bodies. Okay. So what happened, verse 11 tells us is when God sent the waters of the flood, he caused all the waters of the heavens stop to come down in massive quantity and he caused the waters of the oceans and the to overflow the overflow their boundaries so you got waters coming from the top and water coming from the bottom to almost as if to envelop to fully saturate and cover the earth the flood was complete in every way all right and it tells us the length was 40 days and 40 nights. That means it continually rained. Now, water remained upon the earth much longer than that. And we'll see that in our next chapter. But it rained continuously for those 40 days. And all only thing that was left, or should we say saved, were those animals that came into the boat to, unto Noah. Now, another point that I want to reemphasize is made also again in verse number 16, when it's talked about those animals that were saved were those that entered male and female, they entered as God had commanded them. Now, I made a little comment about that the last time that I did not get into. I'm not going to get into it this time. I just reemphasize it. Hopefully you'll think about it. Remember, Noah did not go out to search for any of the animals to bring them to the boat. It was God who told which animals to come into the boat. What does that say about God? Does that say anything principally? Remember, the whole issue is dealing with the ark is a vehicle of salvation. And therefore, it is God who is telling which animals to go unto Noah which animals to go unto the ark? It is God who is directing which animals who will be saved. So the animals did not choose, but God made the selection himself. What animals would go? Does this say anything principally about God? Think about it. But anyway, let's go on. Let's go to verse number 17. Please, that's what we stopped at. Notice again, reiteration, common Hebrew uh, literary device. Retell it more than once. 17. Makes our job a little bit easier too, doesn't it? Then the flood came upon the earth for 40 days. Again, telling us the same thing again. And the water increased and lifted up the ark so that it rose above the earth. 
the water prevailed and increased greatly upon the earth and the ark floated on the surface of the water. 19, the water prevailed more and more upon the earth, <laughs> more and more so that all the high mountains everywhere under the heavens were covered. The water prevailed 15 cubits even higher and the mountains themselves, that themselves were added by me, the mountains were covered. All flesh that moved on the earth perished. Birds, cattle, and beasts, every swarming thing that swarms upon the earth and all mankind, of all that was on the dry land and all in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life died. Thus, I'm going to stop there. Let's go. Let's talk about it just a little bit. It's not nothing difficult at all. It just simply says the floodwaters came, verse number 70. And what did it do? Remember, the ark was nothing more than basically a huge flat chest. It was not designed with a rudder. So therefore, as the waters lifted up the ark, it just simply lifted up and it would be carried from wherever the wind, water or whatever would carry the ark, okay? That would literally be at the direction of where God would want it to be. But nevertheless, as the waters ro rose, it lifted up the ark as well. And so the scriptures teach us the waters continually went up, up, up. And so of course the ark rose higher and higher and the waters continued to rise higher until it got into the peaks of the mountain and the waters rose even higher and rose above the mountains themselves. So that if you looked, say for instance, from space and looked at the earth in its entirety, it was completely and fully submerged in water. And that's why also the ark would never, the bottom of the ark would never hit the peaks of the mountain. Why? Because the waters even overflowed the mountains themselves until the end that God had determined was done. And what was that end? Until all things that had the breath of life in it, every living thing was dead. 23. Thus he blotted out every living thing that was upon the face of the land from man to animals, to creeping things, to birds of the sky, and they were blotted out from the earth and only Noah was left together with those that were with him in the ark. Notice 24, the water prevailed upon the earth 150 days. So it said, and thus as God had decreed, as he said earlier, my spirit shall not always strive with man, and thus I will destroy man. And thus, now we see what God had promised, God had done. He has now destroyed everything, including every human being, with the exception of Noah and his family. And the last statement is this, we see the world submerged in water, and that water was continually to re remaining on the earth for 150 days. Now we know Noah's in it a whole lot longer than that, but we'll talk about all of that in our continuing teaching in the book of Genesis as we move to chapter eight and we get ready to come out of the ark. So have you subscribed? Why not? Subscribe now.